I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not to taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Long, for Big Guy Fantasy Sports, here to talk about consistency for running backs and give away our annual consistency awards. And it wouldn't be an award show, actually it wouldn't be a show at all if it wasn't for my friend here, Ron Rigney, co-host, and as always with me, Ron, what's happening down south in Florida? I appreciate that. That's big pressure to come through on on some entertaining and, and insightful <laughs> podcasting, I'll try my best not to not to screw this up. As as one of my buddies, we had to pick uh, quotes for our senior year of track, and I'll I'll do what he did in his quote. I will try hard to suck less. <laughs> nice. It's all come through. Yeah, no, we got a nice nice South Florida night here. You know, I'm out yeah. on the out on the podcast patio, as I like to call it here, and it's probably. Right. About I always forget degrees. you do that on the patio. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if I ever get to that point. First off, my, <laughs> everything's upstairs. My computer. I probably could pull it off. I well, maybe we'll try it at some point. But uh, but it was like fifty, almost fifty here today. So it was it was, it was nice. quite pleasant. It's been such a mild winter. I know you your family lives in Indiana. I'm sure they've been going the same thing. And yeah, it's just been amazing. I mean, so little snow, so little cold. Um, you know, the other day it hit like seventeen, and everybody was just like dying. <laughs> and I'm like, people, come on, this is the this, yes, I know it's been the lowest temperature in like two months, but come on. 17 in Ohio is a, probably the average normally, and we've been hitting, you know, 30s and 40s almost every day. So, But it did. It, it, it was amazing how cold it really did feel when you're spoiled like that with uh, fairly warm weather all winter. But what we're here to talk about is fantasy football consistency. And uh, as we mentioned, we were with Big Guy Fantasy Sports. We also part of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network, and we're proud to be members of that as well. And uh, the big announcement a couple of weeks ago was, as uh, if you guys did not hear this, uh, we have added fantasy baseball consistency to the site. So if you or your friends or anybody you know that are in head-to-head points leagues uh, where you're playing week-to-week head-to-head, uh, it's important to get that same consistency out of your baseball players as you do your football players. So you want to make sure you check out the site. There is no pay on this. There's no paywall. There's Everything is free. We want to share this great knowledge uh, with everybody so that you can you know get used to it, kind of like you are for football. Now you can get used to it for your baseball uh head-to-head leagues as well so make sure you go check that out ron's got some articles got some really good new writers on the site uh in a couple weeks nate miller one of our former big guys here is coming back to the site to help uh reestablish a podcast as well and it'll be the fantasy baseball consistency show so that we can talk about fantasy baseball and ron and all the guys will uh, with the baseball side will be there to help you Get the right, pick the right guys in your fantasy drafts coming up in your head to head leagues, and we'll be with you all season long, updating you on consistent players, uh, up and coming players that can help you consistency wise during the season, as of course we've always done for you for football for so many years. So tonight, Ron, we're giving away the consistency awards for the running backs. We did the quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago. 
And, uh, you know, there's going to be some names that people are going to go, yep, that's not, that's a no brainer there. We understand that. Uh, but there may be some to surprise some people. So, uh, we always start out, we like to end on a good note. So we always start out at a bad note. At least it's bad if you're the player that wins this award. And that award is the worst value of the year. And this award goes to the running back that had the highest ADP at the beginning of the season and then ended the year with the worst combination of total fantasy points and consistency, thus basically making him the worst value at running back. Now, there are obviously going to be some really bad values, but these are guys that you you, th- you, you were counting on. You were hoping that you could have solid performance, and they just let you down. Uh, so, Ron, I'll let you start off with the uh, nominee, first nominee, and then uh, I will uh, say who the winner is. So as we do with these awards every time, and as I always sprinkle in here, is, is some of these guys, you know, I, I nominate them for some of these negative award, awards just because I'm still butthurt from, the, from drafting them in the season that <laughs> they had for me. Okay. Yes. So the, the guy that I'm going with as my nominee is going to be James Conner. And James Conner is a guy that I, I had in a couple leagues, had him as my RB1 in a couple, had him as my RB2 in a couple, expected really big things uh, out of him. I thought he was a nice fit with, the, with, you know, with Pittsburgh and with what they do. And, and the wheels kind of fell off that thing you know, with, with Big Ben getting hurt. And I know James Conner was nicked up a little bit, but just didn't, didn't produce you know, the way that, that we needed him to. And, and as I scroll down here, I'm trying to find our guy, James Conner, here. Yeah. And, it, and it's not a good 60%. sign if I got to scroll. Yeah, that far down. Yeah, thirty fourth in total points, sixty percent right. consistent, six out of ten. So he only played ten games for you. There was only six. Was only consistent in six of them. And you know, like I said, I hate to pick on guys that you know had you know part of the year. You know, he chalked it up to injury, but still, when he was in there, only four hundred sixty four yards and four touchdowns, four yards of carry. So James Conner is definitely the guy. And, and when you roll all that up with with the ADP that he had, he was one of the top ten guys coming off the board. I believe he was fifth. Yeah, the fifth running back coming off the board. Um, six player overall when you average him out. So James Conner, I'm looking at you all day for this one. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of butt hurt out there for the guys that got James Conner. And, you know, like you said, you know, like you said, the sad part is his consistency wasn't terrible. It just was not good for a guy that was being drafted that high. I mean, he's still ranked in the top 24. So you could say, well, he could be a good RB2 next year. And, and I still think that's a good possibility. Um, but the guy that wins this award, uh, and here's the sad part, is how bad do you have to be or how good do you make people believe you are, I guess should be the phrase, and then still let them down, not once, but two years in a row. And the winner for this is David Johnson. Um, now, he missed most of the season in 2017 due to injuries. And we're like, okay, fine. Uh, then his ADP was in the top four. Much was expected in 2018. Doesn't deliver. You know, has kind of a James Conner year. 60%. But he was, a, you know, a number one pick. Uh, he heads into 2019. He wasn't ranked as high as he was the year before. But he was ranked at first round level. Uh, but he wasn't even close. His ADP was RB5. Uh, he ended the year ranked 38th in total points. Um, and that was in 13 games. So he played in three more games more than James Conner and still didn't score as many points. <laughs> That's not good. No. Then you throw in the fact that his consistency was only 46%. In the games he did play, which ranked him 30th, now it looks like he's going to be replaced by Kenyon Drake. Um, so it's really ugly. Uh, you know, David Johnson's kind of that guy. I think that for everybody's going to just be like, 
I'm done with him. You know, it's just not going to happen. Now, maybe if he goes and gets traded to play for Bruce Arians in Tampa, there will be a light shining that could give you a glimmer of hope that, like, okay, maybe. But, you know, I guess let me put this back to you, Ron. Let's say, where does David Johnson have to play as a starter in 2020 for you to at least draft him I'll say first as a RB1. That may not even be a possibility, though. But at least I, as an RB2. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to be drafting as an RB1 anywhere. As I look down the list, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Tampa. That, that's a great landing spot for him. Yeah, um, as I'm scrolling down here, I think that probably have to be the place that, right. that I have to see him go. I mean, there's the, the only other one that I thought about was maybe, depending on what happens with Devontae Freeman, maybe if he would end up in Atlanta, possibly. Possibly. He could right, be the right. lead dog there. But it's just, it, I mean, it, the, the simple answer is just, it's just got to be a situation where he's going to get the amount of touches. But see, I haven't, I didn't watch Arizona play a whole lot the last couple of seasons. Sure. So I don't know if you, if you chalk a lot of this up to, you know, is he just kind of breaking down before our eyes or is it more of, you know, right. just like Kenny Drake coming in there? I don't know if it's a combination of all of the above, but it's just got to be a place where, he can get, you know, at least the the lion's share of the carries. But I, I think I'm like I'm with you. I think Tampa's gonna be an excellent place for him to land. Right. Just because of Bruce Arians. I mean, you know, I feel like that's a team that offensively can put the ball, you know, it's gonna put they need to score points because the defense certainly isn't gonna stop anybody. Um depending on we don't know who the quarterback is. We assume it will be James Winston. It could be Phillip Rivers. Either one is pretty much a wash in my mind. Um so, you know, that kind of puts that into perspective. So, I don't know. Like you said, it, it has to be that perfect situation. He has to prove to me and everybody that he's healthy, which has been a problem. Um, so, we'll have to see if, you know, David Johnson can at least have a, a, an ADP of, you know, going into next year of, of uh, something respectable enough to be drafted as an RB2. Uh, let's see if we have any early from uh, our boys at uh, Fancy Football Calculator. And let's see what we've got here for running backs. Uh, running backs. And survey says David Johnson is all the way down at number 32 right now. That I could deal with. That I could handle. <laughs> If I get him as an RB3, yeah, you know, if he's in the right spot, looks like he's going to be a full-time starter. Yeah, I can see that. Now, of course, if he becomes a full-time starter, he'll probably move back up the rankings and his ADP won't be as strong or won't be as low, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, so let's move on. We go to best value, and this award goes to the running back that had the lowest ADP or one of the lowest ADPs of the season, but ended the season with best combination of total fantasy points and consistency. Uh, you know, there are some good candidates out there. Um, you know, I guess my recommendation, or I'll, I'll throw out the nomination and then Ron, I'll let you uh, announce the winner. Um, I'm going to nominate James White. You know, he year before, had a good solid year, but we kind of thought like once Sony Michelle took over later in the year in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, that James White's going to go back to just being a third down back only. Uh, his ADP was not terribly bad. I think it was probably in probably the mid sixth, seventh round, probably RB 25, 30, somewhere in there. He wasn't an RB two, but you know, the end of the year ends up 80% consistent 
only 18th in total points, missed one game. Uh, so that's my nominee. Ron, why don't you tell us who the winner is? James, James White actually sitting there at RB28, so definitely returning some value there. Um, before I get to the winner, just real quick, too, another guy I want to throw out that I think is a definite candidate for this, and that's Aaron Jones. I like to see him right. a little bit more consistent, but you know, with him being second in total points, I think we got to mention him here as well. He was all the way uh, down, I believe, the 15th running back off the board, if I remember right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so our winner for this, and this is not necessarily an easy one, but Austin Eckler is going to have to be the guy. That, that we're going to go with for this one, you know, M- Melvin Gordon with the holdout, Austin Eckler stepping in. And, and I think too, you know, you saw Melvin Gordon not get the contract he wanted. You saw the chargers not blink on that stance. And I think the reason for that obviously is because they know they have Austin Eckler and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the off season, because I believe both of those guys are free agents. And I think what you see happen is obviously with the way things fell, fell apart with Melvin Gordon, I think he walks Austin Eckler becomes the guy there and he becomes the, the starter uh, starts the year with five straight clutch games, you know, and, and, and ends up with a, being ranked fifth in consistency and 88% clutch overall. So he's got to be the guy, you know, where, where you were getting him as far as with ADP. And he's another guy. I got to scroll down the list here to find. He's quite a bit further down. Uh, 27th running back off the board overall. So right there with James White. So think about that. You're drafting him in the same neighborhood as James White, and you got the production at Eckler that you got. Pretty awesome value there. Yeah, I'm sure if you would have drafted Eckler and James White as your RBs one and RB two, you, you probably would have been laughed at, but you probably would have got them late enough that you were probably so stacked at quarterbacks and running backs or, or wide receivers, you probably would have had a pretty good year with those two going at eighty percent and eighty-eight uh, percent respectively. Both very nice seasons, uh, but as you said, now we'll go into 2020. You know, James White, New England. Are they going to have Tom Brady? They're not going to have Tom Brady. My thought is, if they don't have Tom Brady, it might be just as good for James White because you, that whoever that quarterback's going to be is going to need somebody that they can rely on out of the backfield. And James White was always that guy for Tom. So we'll have to wait and see if that's what they go with. Because um, Michelle, Sony Michelle certainly didn't hold up his end of the bargain of being the guy, the, the every down back, not every down back, but the solid one, to, you know, first, second down back that was really going to grind and and be a, a, a solid player there. But, you know, as we've said many times before, New England doesn't play that game. You know, doesn't, homie doesn't play that. It's uh, it's whatever the, the, the game script is for that day, and it could be all James White or it could be no James White, So and some in, in between. So that's always a, a tough call, so... All right, let's move forward. We go to the rookie of the year. Uh, not a lot of rookies here to choose from. So, Ron, I think we'll bypass, unless you got a rookie uh, that uh, you feel like, well, was, uh, M- Montgomery was a rookie, right? Yeah. So we got David Montgomery as one of the potential guys here uh, that we could nominate. Obviously, if it was built on hype alone, David Montgomery would have been <laughs> the hands-down winner. Uh, especially um, if you were talking to Brad Evans, because obviously there was a man crush that Brad just could not have contained himself. Uh, but our winner is Josh Jacobs, not, and probably no no question there. Um, but let's be honest, Jacobs was not a Saquon Barkley. Uh, he did earn over the coveted sixty percent clutch rate, um, which we know is um, you know very difficult for rookies to get. Uh, he did have it was only sixty two percent, but he still made it over. Ended the season ranked twenty first in total points. 
uh, and we believe he'll still be a solid RB2 in 2020. The key is health for this kid. You know, he missed three games his rookie year. His consistency ranked 19th overall. His ex-consistency was 18th. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs? I feel like there could be a shakeup at quarterback, but then again, I doubt it. Uh, you know, definitely he's loved by John Gruden there. Um, it, you know, the key is health. And so if he can stay healthy, I mean, right now his uh, ADP, current ADP, at least on Fantasy Calculator, is he's the eighth running back off the board. Um, you know, but middle of round two. What are your thoughts on that ADP, Josh Jacobs, in the future for him in Oakland or in Las uh, Vegas, I should say? Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm 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 fine with taking him there. And I, I, if he's able to put up the season that he put up, considering you know the mess that they had as far as you know not really being able to throw to anybody except when you you know a tight end is your best option in the passing game most weeks. They their wide receiver one was I think it was Tyrell Williams. Um, right. Hunter Renfro was was solid there, so he's another young guy that they've got that could, could be formulating into something and you know we were always curious to see how the Gruden experiment would go and I, and I gotta say it went a little better than I thought it would but they yeah they definitely got some questions at quarterback you know I've seen uh, rumors linking you know if David Carr becomes available the Chicago Bears are interested in that which that's an interesting combination but if he was able to post the season that he was able to post in 2019 despite missing three games despite all the questionable marks in the offense I see no reason that he's 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 not going to be drafted as your at least your RB he can, he's fine RB1 if you can get him as RB2, that's money. But, yeah, where he's sitting at as far as that ADP, I'm perfectly fine with that. Right, right. Even though I'm looking at this ADPs on Fantasy Calculator, and I started going, why is Zeke at 301? <laughs> that's, that's, somebody tell me. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did you see that? I did not see that. That's, yeah. Because uh, huh. I'm, I'm looking at the top you know, the top 10 running backs, uh, you know, ADP-wise. It's McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, Chubb, Kamara, Fournette. And I started thinking, wait, where the hell is Zeke? Zeke is it is RB12301? I don't know why. It does, Aaron Jones is at 212. That I could maybe give a little, yeah, I, you know, kind of like, okay, yeah, he wasn't that consistent. You never know, Matt LaFleur, blah, blah, blah. But Zeke at 301? Gosh, I wish I could draft today for that. I'll take Zeke at 301. Unless, McCaffrey unless we missed, at 101. Unless we missed an off-season story where he's gotten in some trouble and he's been suspended and I've just been living under a rock or something. I, I would be hard-pressed to believe that we've missed something like that. I mean, between you and I, I think, you know, most most just Twitter alone would be set on fire if, <laughs> if that was happening. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. All right, so we move on here. We go to our next group, next award. It's called the Clutch Less. And this award goes to running back that ends the season with a high ranking and total fantasy points, but his consistency was lower than expected, therefore making him little, look a little more valuable due to the high points rank than he may have been worth to his actual fantasy teams. And, Ron, I'll just let you announce the winner because you spoke about this guy already once tonight. Um, and I think this was a guy that we definitely want to just make sure people realize, you know, why he gets this award and, and what to kind of keep an eye out for him in, in 2020. Yeah, and it's it's a tough one, too. And we've t- we've talked about him quite a bit, and that's Aaron Jones. You know, I mentioned him earlier as far as sitting there in second in total fantasy points, which is great, but 11 out of 16 consistent. So when you're, we're looking at the top of our rankings, and if you've been following us for a while, you know those guys you see at the top. 
you want that clutch rate to be in that 80s and 90s for these guys that you're drafting in your first couple of rounds. You want them to show up every week. You, that's the name of the game with what we do here. He's sitting there at 69%, sitting there ranked 12th as far as our clutch ranking. So, you know, second total points, 12th overall in clutch. A little bit of a discrepancy there. Only, his XCon's only sitting at 13.6, so not a lot of expected points per game there. And we talked about him as the season went on. You know, a lot of his production came from, from touchdowns. You know, he had 12 or 16 touchdowns uh, on the ground. And, you know, had, had 1,084 yards, 4.6 per carry. So not, not a bad average per carry, but a lot of that was really, really weighted by those, those touchdowns. And a lot of it became if he didn't put up a touchdown or multiple touchdowns in a week, you didn't get – the points that you wanted from him, and you had three on for receiving. So he had a total of 19 scores, and that was what a huge part of those points were. So I would just say be very, very cautious because, you know, the guy that I think about in our t- when we talk about tight ends from last year and the year before is Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron had, I think, 14, 15, 16 touchdowns, and that carried basically his numbers, carried him to a high clutch ranking, carried him up those ADP ranks for the following season in 2020 and you didn't really hear from him and he's done as a Colt and who knows where he'll end up. So just kind of be weary of guys like that when you're drafting. Right. Right. Another guy I just like to throw out that, you know, again, really could have been a nominee for this, but because Aaron Jones's fantasy points rank were so high, um, I felt like that was the winner, but you know, Joe Mixon is getting a lot of love based on his second half of last year. When you look at his numbers just on our charts, you see 13th in total points. Okay, that's respectable. Uh, but only 56% consistency, which ranked him 22nd. But, you know, his ADP in this, uh, at least fantasy calculator right now, is uh, beginning of the second round, number seven overall. Um, let's say we move Zeke back up for good measure. But he's definitely in the top 10, no, ma- no matter how you, you know, adjust these rankings. Um and I think it's because second half of the season, last nine games, he goes seven for nine. But we got a, probably a rookie quarterback coming in. Um, you know, Dalton could be on the move. Um, what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon? You know, with a rookie quarterback, yeah, I, I'm sure they're going to want to get Joe Mixon involved. But can they, you know, is that going to work out well, you know, with a rookie running back? Or, I'm sorry, rookie quarterback, and you know, uh, not a great offensive line, in Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on Joe Mixon as we move forward? Let's let's say they get Joe Burrow and Dalton moves. Uh, that pretty much puts Burrow in the starting spot. How are you feeling about Joe Mixon as a RB one for your fantasy team? I mean, it's he's right there on the border. He's right there on the cusp as far as what I would want for an RB one, RB two. Only missed one game last season, played 15 out of 16, still posted respectable numbers, five touchdowns on the ground, three through the air, 4.1 per carry. So that, that was a little bit higher than I expected him to be because everybody talked about how terrible the offensive line was going to be. They lose A.J. Green. So, I, you know, if they can get – if they end up bringing A.J. Green back, if they can put a few weapons around, you know, Tyler Boyd has is, is, is proven to kind of step up and he, he kind of has filled that, that wide receiver one spot and done it very well considering the guy he's filling in for is A.J. Green. It, it almost – I don't know if I necessarily – I'm too worried if Joe Burrow steps in. I mean, he, you know, the season he had last year, I mean, I know you know it's a rookie quarterback, but we've seen some of these rookie quarterbacks come in and play pretty respectably depending upon the weapons they have around him. So I think if they can put some weapons around Burrow, I think I'd be okay with it. But I think you know it's kind of 
kind of, you know, what we talked about, you know, before with him, you know, heading into the season, is he going to be able to do it behind that line? And he was able to put together a pretty nice season. So I, I, I don't know if I'd feel great about it, but if I had to go that route, I think I'd just kind of grunt my teeth and be okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of the same boat. I mean, I've never been a big Joe Mixon fan. So I think it's going to come down to, you know, once everything settles. So now we're looking at mid June where Joe's, ADP is really going to end up, you know, was it good? My thought is he'll move more into a late RB one, early RB two, not, you know, not number seven overall, but more like 13, 14. That's what I would see him. That were where I think I would rank him. I mean, his ex consistency ranking only has him 20th. Um, and like I said, yeah, if you, you know, if you, if you just played out those last seven out of nine games, but the reason they did that was just they wanted to run the crap out of him. And we talked about multiple times that one game, I think it was, I forget, week 10, week 12. And they lost by 30 points or something like that to Baltimore. And yet they gave Joe Mixon 30 carries. And he rushed for like 120 yards and two touchdowns. But they lost 49 to 20 or something. It's like there's no logic to that other than they were just trying to run him ragged. I, I don't understand, never did understand why they were doing that, but... That's the kind of stuff that kind of scares me. It's like, yeah, the numbers show one thing, but the rationale didn't make sense, you know, for those game scripts. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see how that plays out, what happens with the draft. Uh, you know, I, I've been chuckling at the fact that Joe Burrow is not making a decision of where he's going to go, and they think he's going to, you know, go all Eli Manning on the Bengals and force them to trade him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, this – I just love when these people make up these stories to, you know, just, just to get uh, some information. So I, I assume you've seen that, right? Yeah. And it, you know, it makes me wonder where it comes from number one, but it just, you know, I, at this point in, in time in, in the off season, I think it's just to get clicks, to get shares, to get likes, right. just to draw, you know, something out of nothing. Right. Just, just to stir up some crap. So, all right. So we go to the other side of this award and we go to the clutch more. And this goes to the running back that ends the season with a low ranking in total fantasy points, but his consistency was higher than expected, therefore making him look less valuable due to the high points rank, but he was actually worth more. Uh, Ron, I'll let you throw out our nominee and then I'll come back with the winner. So the, the the guy that I had was going to be uh, Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary is a guy that – and there's not a huge discrepancy between the numbers that he put up. But he finished 32nd in total points. But he, he finished 21st just outside the top 20 as far as our clutch rank. He went 58%. So he was 7 out of 12. He did miss a couple of games. And I think that will kind of be the norm for him because he's not a huge back. But just the way he plays, plays fast, you know, making guys miss – guy i really like going into into next season and beyond but just didn't put up all you know a ton of a ton of fantasy points but definitely was there as far as a guy that if you had him especially in your flex spot he you you got production out of him week after week and you know you got maybe that that 10 11 points you needed out of that flex spot out of him right right the winner though is the guy we've already talked about again tonight and that's james white um he had an outstanding 2018 uh, as I mentioned before, but we thought Sonny Michelle was going to take over, uh, but it didn't happen because once again, James White is Tom Brady's security blanket, and he ended the season tied seventh in total points. Um, we, or no, I'm sorry, he was ranked tied for seventh in consistency with 80 percent, 
uh, while he was only ranked 18th in total points. So didn't have the high total points. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll go into next year probably forgotten again. Uh, we'll just have to, again, wait and see who's going to be the quarterback. We assume it's Tom, and if it is, then we definitely are, are want to at least kind of keep James White in the back of our mind, especially when we're in that RB3, RB4 in a PPR format. He just puts up points pretty consistently, as he's proven the last couple of years. So definitely love James White. Um, didn't didn't really buy into that he was going to do it again because he really had never done two seasons in a row like that. He's had some you know, solid seasons where he would be pretty consistent, but then the next year they would kind of change the philosophy and change the, the thing. Um, you know, we have to see what kind of passing uh, passing targets that they get, passing weapons that they get in New England for Brady that can help outside of Edelman. Um, you know, we've heard all kinds of talk of maybe A.J. Green, some of these wide receivers going to New England um, in the offseason or in free agency, so we'll see what's happening. I mean, I saw an A.J. Green once out of Cincinnati article already this week. Uh, you know, all that, like you said, all that stuff's going to start, you know, being brought up because, oh, you know, free agency is going to start here in about, was it two weeks? Is it March 7th? I think it's it sounds right. It's creeping up. It's getting yeah. pretty quick. So, you know, I'm sure we'll start hearing the rumors of who's going to go where because there's always people that have already made the decision and all they have to do is wait for the day to actually sign, but they'll make the announcement, you know, or somebody will, quote, leak it out per sources. So I haven't heard anything yet, uh, at least, but I'm starting to hear some, you know, this person wants out of here, this person wants moved there. So we'll have to wait and see. But James White um, certainly will have some value. So, all right, so let's move on to the clutch comeback player of the year. This goes to the running back that ended 2018 with a poor ranking, but in 2019 – they uh, proved themselves worthy and had a nice little comeback. And, Ron, I know this guy's a favorite of yours, so I'm just going to let you announce the winner because I've just never been a fan of this guy. And, damned, of course, when I finally just pitch it in and give up on him, he proves me wrong and actually has a pretty consistent and very solid season. And I, and I think, too, this is the logical choice. I think this is the guy you handed to, yeah. even though I know you hand it over begrudgingly, Bob. We, we give him the award in this, in this <laughs> I category. I do, but he earned it. I, I, he it, did. I, I, you know, gotta, you got <laughs> to give the man respect, give him a little tip of the cap there, because he did. I mean, got to give credit where credit's due. And and, and, this, and this is the guy, too, that I, I, and, and you have every reason to, to feel the way you do, because this is a guy, too, that I think we, we weren't too big on you know years prior, and that's Leonard Fournette. And, and, you know, I talked about it when we were coming into last season, you know, at the beginning of the season last year, I read a you know, nice piece on him on Bleacher Report about him growing up and devoting himself to his training. And I think he moved to Wyoming to do it and, you know, moved away from his family and he's kind of com- and he committed. And I think it was kind of cool to kind of see him grow up in that in that way. And it definitely paid off, you know, and it's something whether, you know, whether it, it helped more so with his attitude more so with his health, more so with both, because that was kind of the knocks on him where he was a knucklehead that you didn't know what you were going to get right. from week to week. And injury-wise, you didn't know what you were going to get from week to week. But it seems like his commitment on that level has kind of put it all together. So seventh in total points, 93% consistent, sitting there fourth as far as our, our, our clutch ratings, in 16 points as far as his ex-consistency. So you could expect production from him every week. And I think it kind of went along, too, you know, with what we talked about with Joe Mixon, there wasn't a lot to do with that pass offense. You know, you had DJ Chark and you had some guys that would 
show out here and there, you know, when Uncle Rico was a quarterback and then Uncle right. Rico started to struggle a little bit and Foles got back in there. So it was a, it, the, the passing game was kind of all over the place, but Leonard Fournette became that one consistent and he became that guy that we want, wanted him to be in fantasy. So we finally, you know, kind of see him putting it all together. And I hope he can continue to do that because you like to see these guys grow up and become professionals. And I think maybe, maybe we're kind of seeing that happen. Right. So as we look forward to 2020, we assume that his role doesn't change. That really the key is the quarterbacks. Are they going to keep Uncle Rico? Are they going to let Nick Foles take over? Are they going to go completely off the wall and get a rookie? Um, It's really weird how all of a sudden that's just changed drastically that they gave Nick Foles this big contract and, you know, he misses some games. You know, Uncle Rico, Gardner Minshew takes over, has a decent start, doesn't, you know, kind of starts falling apart, you know, later in the year. Foles come back in, doesn't do anything. What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, Nick Foles is a guy, too, that it's almost criminal how much money he's stealing from all these different franchises <laughs> that he's signing with. I mean, yet right. again, last year, and, and and once again, you know, kind of, what I referenced earlier with James Conner, you hate to pick on a guy that had an injury coming out of the gate and never got right about it, you know, and I, I don't think he was ever right coming off the injury. So I, I want to see him have a full off season and, you know, come into the season healthy and not get hurt. I believe he got hurt week one or week two, if I remember right. It was very, very early on. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's almost like we haven't really seen enough out of him in that setting, in that offense with those guys around him to, to really make a judgment on whether or not he's going to be successful. So, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I would. I guess on the negative side, if Fournette yet again could post those numbers in that type of pass offense, maybe anything that they can get on top of that is only going to be just bonus for him, and maybe it'll open up some lanes for him, and he can do a little bit more this season. Right. I mean, you know, based on his consistency, based on his points, you know, he was ranked as we said fifth overall. Right now, his ADP is he's at basically, you know, RB six. So he's right where. We expect him to be. Oh, excuse me. He's he's boring me to death. Um, but <laughs> but for that, you know, I, like I said, it's just gonna. I think it's got to be. We we'll see what the quarterback situation is. Um, I'm just afraid that they get in a rookie, and then all of a sudden we've got, you know. Um, but you know, they brought in Gardner Minshew, and that seemed to work out well. So I think that they'll continue to feed him the ball. I think he's a safe pick. You know, mm-hmm. which is you know something I didn't think I'd ever hear myself say in a sentence in my lifetime that Leonard Fournette would be a safe pick in the middle of the you know early or in the early second round, but he really is. And you know, so if you have a late round pick and you know you got to you're at the turn, you know you should be able to go you know top wide receiver and then Fournette. I think that's a good good turn to make. So, all right. So we come down to the big finale. Got about ten minutes left, so we're 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 ahead of schedule here. That's always good. We can kind of take our time with this. But the clutch MVP, and uh, we've never had a repeat winner. At least I don't remember one in in quite a while. But we did this year, and uh, it is Christian McCaffrey. And if you remember back in two twenty eighteen, um, it was a very difficult decision of picking McCaffrey because. You had, you know, Zeke and Barkley, you know, um, kind of right there with them. And you could have made a case for Zeke because he had a great second half and Barkley had a great rookie season. And, and so there was a lot of reasons. But in the end, I think we picked McCaffrey because 
he kind of had the best of everything. He was right up there in points. I think he was second or I think he was second. Um, he was tied for first in consistency. He was, I think, first in X consistency. And so I think that's why we picked him. This year wasn't even a competition, as we all know. It wasn't even close. Um, you know, since David Johnson went over 400 points, we haven't had anybody in a while hit it. He not only went over 400 points, he destroyed 400 points and finished the year 468. He was 158 points ahead of second place. I mean, that's basically three or four extra weeks of, you know, just typical um, consistency numbers. I mean, if you're if you're looking at a 10-point average, that's 15 weeks. So almost was like another person. I mean, we had to see it. If you looked at 158 points in our rankings, uh, we have 150 for Devin Singletary, um, you know, 160 for Tariq Cohen. So, I mean, basically he was a whole player. <laughs> And that's as amazing as he was. Of course, 93% consistent because he missed one week. I think it was like week three or something. He only had seven points, and it was just a weird uh, week and a weird scenario. After that, just kicked, turned it back in and, and kicked ass the rest of the year. X consistency, 27.51. Second place was 19.56, and that was Dalvin Cook. Uh, at this point, Obviously, McCaffrey is sitting at the top at the 101 spot. I, I really can't imagine that no someone's not going to take him at 101. Is there any reason to question that we don't take him at 101 at this point going forward? I always hate to you know take the guy at 101 after he has a monster year because you always feel like there's just going to be a letdown. You know, I mean, David Johnson was a letdown after his huge year. But McCaffrey's done this twice now. This is back-to-back seasons. Not much is going to change in Carolina. Yeah, they have some coaching changes, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the guys have to be smart enough to know that McCaffrey needs to get the ball more often. And, you know, um, and even if he just go kicks it back, what, 10, 20%, he's still number one. So what are your thoughts? First off, I'm picking McCaffrey, which I can't imagine you argue much with that. But <laughs> any th- your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey this year, next year, going forward? Well, it, even if he were to, like you said, <laughs> take his foot off the gas and you know you subtract 150 points he's still going to be number one and you know you said he's an extra player so you're 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 gonna if he comes down to earth a little bit he's still going to be at the top of our rankings so that kind of tells you the the season that he had the the only time i think you're not going to see him come off the board at one one is if you're in one of those weird home leagues where you know the patriots fan gets the first (laughs) overall pick and they draft tom brady number one or something or you're in a uh, two quarterback super league or whatever where you know lamar jackson could go first yeah that's that's a good point. It does depend on the format, but if you're talking just your standard single quarterback format, you're not taking anybody else at that top spot. It right. doesn't matter if it's PPR, non PPR, whatever it is. He's the guy, clearly clear cut. You know, you know, like you said, it, it, his numbers just dwarf everybody else's. When you look at him on this chart that we have in front of us, it's it's not even close. It's amazing right. how he just towers over everybody. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when you're 158 points ahead of second place, I mean that's just absurd. Um, that you just could put up and, and week after week, uh, you know, being that high is just, it, it's an amazing year, but that's what scares me. You know, again, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes had that year last year, came back to earth, you know, injuries knocked him out for a few games. You know, Lamar Jackson had a very good year this year. 
was very high ahead of most of the other quarterbacks. You know, Michael Thomas was way ahead of the wide receivers. Uh, Kelsey's way ahead pretty much now of, of the tight ends. So all of them are super high values. Are they worth it? I mean, yeah, if you're sitting at 101, you're going to pick him, you know. And and it's not like last year where if you're at number three, you might get lucky that somebody else will take Zeke or Barkley ahead of him. That's not going to happen this year. Mm. You know, if you're not 101, you're not getting McCaffrey, plain and simple. Now, if you're in auction, you're going to have to spend a lot more money. It'll be interesting to see the auction league, especially when we do our Kings Classic, where McCaffrey will go as compared to Barkley, Cook, Chubb, you know, Zeke, uh, those kind of players. So, you know, as always... Uh, probably everybody's going to have to overpay and it certainly could be worth it. And certainly is a guy that if it can do it two years in a row, makes me feel better about it. Um, I definitely more on that than I might be, you know, but if I can get Barkley for $10 cheaper, you know, if he's, if McCaffrey's going for, you know, 55 and I can get Barkley for 45, I might take Barkley just so I can save the 10 bucks and spend it somewhere else. But then again, might that ten bucks may be worth it if he keeps if he blows everybody out of the water by 150 points. I just just hard to fathom that that could happen again. So we'll just have to wait and see. Especially with the whole new coaching, they're probably going to get a new quarterback there. Maybe Cam is back, maybe not. We don't know about Kyle Allen. So again, there's a lot of shakeups there. Um, you know, but if he can be that successful with Kyle Allen in place. Anybody can quarterback, and McCaffrey's going to be successful because you just throw it to him out of the backfield. So, All right, so any other final thoughts on our running back awards? Anybody out there that you just want to kind of bring up? We've got about three minutes left that, uh, you know, like we didn't talk about, but we should recognize that maybe did a little bit better than we thought they would. Well, the the one guy that I want to throw out in the and not that I would give him the MVP over McCaffrey because McCaffrey is a clear cut winner, but a guy that I, I wanted just to mention based upon his ADP and what he provided for you was Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry sitting there fifth in total points, just a shade under three hundred, just a little bit behind Austin Eckler, you know, eighty sitting there eighty percent consistent, twelve out of fifteen games he got a clutch rating, but the main thing that wanted me that made me want to bring him up is his ADP, and I, and I was kind of shocked to see where his ADP yeah. was, not, not heading into now, because he's obviously going to shoot up the boards. He's going to be pretty high now. But going into 2019, you had to scroll pretty far down to find Derrick Henry. He's the 19th running back off the board, and when you're looking for him, you're seeing guys come off the board above him. Like Damian Williams was coming off quite a bit before him. Oh, yeah. Devontae Freeman was coming off the board before him. He's down around there with Marlon Mack. Who I, you know, being a Colt, lo- love me some Marlon Mack, but mm-hmm. Sony Michelle's there. You know, Philip Lindsay's in that range, and you're getting a guy like Derrick Henry that was probably a league winner for a lot of people. You know, and it's kind of scary too when you think about, you know, with his ADP, if everything would have fallen into place, if you would have had a high pick, you could have ended up with McCaffrey, you could have ended up with Derrick Henry, you could have ended up with Lamar Jackson as your your two running backs and your quarterback right there, which is kind of scary. Right. So he's the only other guy I want to really throw out as far as what he did where you were able to get him for that ADP of the 19th running back off the board. The only thing I think where people may argue with you is whether or not they want a title with him because weeks 15 and 16, he did not earn a clutch game because where he did a lot of damage was in the real playoffs. And everybody remembers that. Uh, I mean, he had a great season, no question, Mm -hmm. but week 15 and week 16, he was actually one of the few uh, outside of Dalvin cook, mostly because I think he was injured. Um, did not 
help their fantasy teams with a clutch game during those weeks. So that's the only thing that kind of like, mm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in it. And, and I think that, you know, I like the coaching staff there. I like Tannenhill as the quarterback there. I think, you know, they get everybody signed and, and moving forward. I think it's a, a good value. You know, the ADP and fantasy calculator has him at 209, 10th overall. I'd be happy to get him in the late second round. Mm-hmm. especially if in the first round, you know, I'm drafting Barkley or Cook or Chubb or Kamara or somebody like that as my, you know, one of my early wide or as my early back and then take Henry as my second back, I feel a lot better about. Um, but I, my thought is is that he'll move into the t- first round and be more of a, you know, one of the six or first six or seven off the board, especially once everything settles and he gets signed. In, you know, gets his contract and Tannehill gets signed and everybody gets kind of in check. So, all right, with 40 seconds, I knew we were going to ramble on something, but that's good. I, I like I, good thoughts on, on them. Um, tell real quick, 30 seconds, uh, where, you, where you're at, where they can find you, man. And, uh, Nasty Cast Podcast, Fantrax Dynasty Baseball Podcast, of course, the consistency baseball stuff at BigGuyFantasySports.com, at the Real Day on Twitter. Damn, that was good. As <laughs> always, you can find me at Big Guys Fantasy Sports at Bob underscore Lung. Don't forget to check out the super cool new fantasy baseball consistency stuff on the site. New articles coming out. You're undervalued players. You know those are a great find. Consistency versus ADP. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.